Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Welcome to the B&E Podcast. Holiday edition, year-end volume. Yes, number 93. So, number 93, and but of course, one. by the time people hear this um, through the podcast channels, I mean, we're live streaming right now as well, so people are actually getting this day of, <laughs> um, but uh, for those of you who waited for the podcast to release, it's uh, just about the end of 2016. Yeah. Here and uh, this is the last one we're going to do for the year. Last one we're doing for the year. Yeah. It's uh, pretty pretty extraordinary. I mean, we've got a topic today on uh, the value of patience, um, being and in life and as an artist and how that pertains to um, being an artist in industry. I'm sure we're going to get into all of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one of the things you brought up before we even started live streaming and before we recorded was, um, how millennials, um, one of the things that they have, um, not had so much the luxury of learning is patience because everything is so immediate right now, you know, social media, mm-hmm. you just get instant access. You, you know, you want information. You don't have to walk to the library. You Google it, you know, and you have your phone, you have this little portable computer with you everywhere you go. Um, and how, you know, patience and persistence can be something that you lose when we have things that are super convenient. Yeah. You know, for example, I mean, I, and just to start off, I mean, we've done 90 podcasts this year and we record twice a week and we're always committed. Um, so that means, you know, we've only missed, you know, 14 podcasts over the whole year. Yeah. We've been super consistent, very persistent. Uh, we've been very patient. I mean, we only launched, uh, what in like October. So we've only been live October or is it mid September? Was it September? I feel like it might've been September. I think we were preparing, but it was maybe. October 17th. Oh, maybe it was October. It was October, October. 17th right. Right. was our launch day. So, you know, October, November, December. I mean, we've only been live for really like two and a half months yeah. almost. And so, um, we did a lot of time of, you know, putting the groundwork in and setting this up and getting content ready and all of that. And that takes patience. And, and also have, just figuring out what this podcast was even really all about to a degree. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I like to think of myself as a patient person. I'm working on it in certain ways, but I think patience and, uh, kind of discipline has definitely paid off for us because if you look at, since we've launched, we've grown by thousands of people and our, we're literally, our website traffic is literally doubling whatever it was the month previous. Yeah. So things are definitely working, but it was a lot of preparation before we got to the actual point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, you know, what you were talking about, about, you know, having patience, we can really kind of get into that and talk about the benefits of, hanging in there a little bit, yeah, you know, yeah. before you see those immediate results. Yeah. Especially since, yeah. um, you know, a lot of us aren't very patient or I would say that, you know, most of us have patience, but we have patience for some things more than others. Yeah. And, uh, I think the biggest thing for me in this conversation to that, to explore is having patience with the big stuff. Hmm. 
having patience with the big vision, the big things we want to accomplish, because that's really where it matters right? to have that, that level of commitment and, and push and, and also to have a perspective that these things are going to take time. These things don't happen overnight. And especially being in a culture of immediate gratification on demand, like, and it's, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think that there's anything like bad about that. Like, I love the fact like Netflix, when Netflix happened, (laughs) like when they, when their streaming service, Oh yeah. When their streaming service happened, you know, and it was launched and it was actually their streaming service launched in Canada before anywhere else. Like Canada was the first place that got Netflix's streaming service. So we had it a few months before anyone else in the world. And I remember getting like my, my free 30 day trial And I'm like, all right, sure. I'll check it out. At least I'll be able to like burn through some Mad Men, which I hadn't, you know, been watching and want to catch up on. And I knew within five days that I was never going to get rid of this. Yeah. Like probably not. It was probably less than five days. It was just like, I couldn't believe that I could just select any of this, hit the button and immediately a movie or a show was playing for me in really good quality Mm -hmm. and fantastic quality. So, I mean, that's, that's an extraordinary thing that we have. However, uh, I think it means that we also need to exercise, uh, a certain discipline because we, it, it Netflix isn't just, is just one part of the, the picture, well, right? You know, like we've got, before you move on about Netflix, um, cause Netflix literally dominates the distribution market right now. Like yeah. they are like, they're like Goliath in, in the film industry distribution. And, and, um, I remember back in AFM just a few years ago when I was there, they were just talking about how like, um, you know, Netflix is, is this uncontainable beast of a distribution model. And everybody is basically, you know, um, trickling down from that and they have so much power. They can kind of do whatever they want in a lot of ways. But Someone was, uh, continue, what a lot continue. of people don't realize is that Netflix, before they were video on demand and before you could just access it through your channel, they were doing like DVD, uh, so, yeah, yeah, mail delivery, mail delivery, but you ordered it online. Yeah. You went onto their website, you picked your movies and they mailed it to you. So they made, they, they were one of the front runners or the front runner in transitioning into video on demand. They set up a system at that when the opportunity striked and it was like, boom, and now they're Goliath. And I think that's the thing about patience is they were hanging in, they were doing this thing. It was kind of working for them, you know? And then when video on demand kind of started to become a thing, they were paying attention to the industry yeah. and they took that opportunity. And that's the thing about patience is that you're doing this thing and it doesn't like, it doesn't necessarily, it's like working. You're like, okay, but I, you know, you, you, nothing really big's happening. Yeah. But you're hanging in there and then all of a sudden opportunity comes and you see it because you've been hanging in there and you act on it. And that's when great things yeah. happen. You know? And they had a service and a value right. that they believed in. Right. You and know, they were doing they, that and they were hanging in there doing that. Yeah. And then this opportunity came along and now they're the, yeah, they are, they're the Goliath that they are. So, and I was going to say, someone was recently telling me because I, it seems like every single time I, I put Netflix on, there's a new Netflix original something. Yes. A new series. This was like one of their smartest moves. Almost all the time. But someone was telling me that part of that is because they have to spend the money. Right. Because they're making so much money <laughs> <laughs> that they need to like spend it, right? right. Because otherwise they're just like, they're going to get just like 
destroyed in taxes, I guess. Right. So they have to create some content, but it's also, you know, they're creating content because it just brings more people in because it's, you can only get it through them. And anyhow, this isn't a conversation about Netflix, but no, but it's a good topic to to venture. No, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely pertaining to uh, a lot of people in art and entertainment and, and it's a big part of our culture. Have you noticed that a lot of the Netflix originals are television series? Yeah. And the reason why is because they discovered several years ago that people would rather binge watch an entire show. And because we have video on demand now they can. So that's why, um, this, all these new shows are coming up yeah. and television is becoming in a lot of ways, like the new movie, like it used to be that if you did movies, you were cream of the crop, yeah. right? It still is kind of, cause there's bigger budgets, but now television has kind of um, upped its level where it's like, it's not its little kid brother anymore. Now yeah. it's like a grown adult and, and it's like, they're, you know, <laughs> and you know, these shows, um, can gross huge sums of money, you totally. know, like they can, they can, yeah, they're viable to that. You can spend a lot of money in making them. Yeah. Like I've, there is, um, there's a new Netflix show that I think they're actually making out here in, in Vancouver. Um, cause they just opened up like a huge new, st- or no, it's not Netflix. I think Skydance or something Skydance who they've done a lot of productions, like pretty big productions. They opened up like a state of the art facility out here somewhere. Okay. And they have a new series that they're shooting. That's like $10 million an episode. Oh really? $10 million an episode. 10 like, million an episode. Like you think about that, right? Like the, the, the production value that's going into that is, is insane. That's incredible. Um, and yeah, and you can flesh out really great stories. In fact, it's, I would say it's, it's far better to do certain things through that medium. I would say that that's almost the better direction to go that if you're trying to, um, cover material like a novel, you know, like a book, yeah. it's better. I, I, it's better to do that through an episodic, you know, yeah, like Game of Thrones. Yeah. You just, you have the, you have the space to do it as opposed to trying to condense it into a film. Right. Right. Which is, you know, there's been some great book to film adaptations, but normally it, they still almost always fall under the, under like the umbrella of, yeah, but the book was still better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some, sometimes that is just people who just, you know, they want to just say that. Um, well, I think, you know, I think that, um, I mean, just, I, I do think that our imagination is extremely powerful. And I think when film doesn't show everything and it uses your imagination, you have uh, a better experience of the film, mm-hmm. you know, just as from the filmmaker point of view. But I think what, what, what we, we've gone through a kind of a phase right now where, um, people realize that they could show a lot of these cool things. So they went and they did the visual effects and they did all that stuff because they're like, yeah. I want to show what this would look like. But, um, in our, and, and I think sometimes that's really good, but if you show too much of it, the imagination is always kind of, um, I think, well, not always, but a lot of times it's going to trump that. Right. So the thing is, is what ends up happening is I think a lot of the best shows they show only glimpses, little bits of these cool things. And you just want to see more, you know? And I think that's, uh, you know, and I think that's, that's kind of, um, 
like if I don't know, for example, like when you saw the dragons, I don't know if you've watched uh, Game of Thrones, but the first season when you see the little dragons yeah. near the end, at the end of it, you kind of just want to see more of the dragons because they didn't show you, they didn't, sh- they showed you a bit, but they didn't show you like enough. Like you still yeah. wanted more. And that is kind of one of the masteries of like film and television, I think is where they kind of, um, they give you a taste of it and then they pull it away, you know? Yeah. And that creates kind of that addiction. Yeah. Part, yeah. Or like something like very different kind of a show, but, um, something like Mad Men. Oh yeah. That was, that was a brilliant show in terms of, you know, they set something up that doesn't, that doesn't pay off until sometimes the next season. Right. You know, it's like something's going on you see this unfolding and then it's not until way later. You're like, Oh, this is going to happen now. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah. (laughs) Like this is going to finally come to a head or this is going to finally kind of blow up. Right. And, uh, Patience. Patience. Yeah. Segway. Well, you know, um, um, you know, when, uh, lost came out, that was, uh, that was a show of real patience because, um, in, in the early episodes, they showed a polar bear in the jungle and people were like, what the how, how the hell is this polar bear deal with this polar bear? Right. But it wasn't until seasons later that they answered what the whole thing about the polar bear was. Now, the thing is, is they might not have even known really for sure why the polar bear was there. Um, but, uh, they, but part of like the JJ Abrams style is create a crazy thing right now. And then don't even worry if you don't know the answer, you'll figure that out later, but put that out first and you don't know. And people don't know. And then later figure out an answer for why this thing existed. Mm-hmm. And so later on in the series, you start to go, Oh, that's why the polar bears were there. It all makes sense now. But that was like a payoff seasons later. Yeah. And the patience creates a great reward because you hung in there and you found well, because out. Because you, not only because you hung in there, but also you, in, in some ways it gives the world a time to develop. Yeah. And for you to really understand what this is, like we talk about on this podcast, how, you know, we've done all these episodes, but it took time for us to really start to figure out what this show, what this show is, what these yeah. conversations are really all about. Totally. You know, like from where we started our podcast at, which they're still good, you know, don't get me wrong, but there's still a lot of, uh, I think we, we talked about a lot of really valuable and interesting things, but there's definitely, um, there's definitely a difference, uh, and the sort of a groove that, that you find, you know, yeah. like you just, you're like, Oh, okay. I get what we're doing here. I get, and then suddenly now there's all of this room to, to explore and to play. And you kind of, you can sort of know where you can go or where you're completely off the rails. Yeah, yeah. totally. I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause I remember we both kind of around, it was somewhere around the twenties, like our 20th podcast. And we started to be like, okay, now like we're starting to really start to get this groove. And I think it was, I mean, it was a little bit later. I don't remember when it was, but it I was feel like, like it was, I, th- I want to say episode 24. Yeah. Um, with, uh, Owen Lockinen. Yeah. The, the author Lockinen, Owen Lockinen. Yeah. Lockinen. Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Oops. I think so. Well, the novelist, L A U the novelist Owen. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that was that I, for me, I think, I think that was a bit of a turning point, um, in terms of our podcast, but yeah. And he was such a great guest. And uh, by the way, if you guys, uh, haven't listened to the 
you know, the past ones definitely do that because that was a really, I think that was a really good one. It was super, super, um, informative about what it's like to be a professional novel. And he's published seven books now and he has deals coming through and he's had his, his books optioned to be in movies. I actually, um, we'll see what happens, but I actually connected him with the production company and they might actually, um, they're trying to green light his project into a yeah. movie. It's yeah, but he was a great, cause he validated a lot of the things that we were kind of talking about. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, he also was super appreciative because this gave him a forum to kind of really talk and in, in an unedited way. Yeah. And then I think we started to see the value of what it is to have an unedited, like open forum podcast about artistry and where it meets the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, go and check, make sure that we're still, <laughs> we're still <laughs> recording here, <laughs> recording live. We're still rocking. Yeah. looks like we're still rocking. All right. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Hey Charlie. Um, yeah. No, and I think that that's also, it, it's funny how sometimes the, the lessons that we talk about, because sometimes I feel like the podcast is somewhat separate from, um, the, the sort of artistic endeavors that we do, you know, like through our writing or acting, you know, um, even teaching and stuff like it's, I'm like, Oh, it's, it's, it's a different kind of a thing, but it's not really like, there's so many things that parallel the artistic process with doing a podcast, especially when you're, you know, you're recording twice a week and you're, you know, you're committed to doing it. Um, and I think that there's, I learned these lessons through doing the podcast, like learning patience. Like I can see how this has actually been teaching me patience as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, when we started, we didn't really know if people were going to like the stuff that we were doing. You know, we didn't know what people would think of it. Like we were just having these conversations. Um, and, but we just kind of hung in there. Yeah. You know, just like, well, not, I, I won't say hung in there. We did hang in there. We weren't getting feedback right away. Yeah. I mean, we hung in there for quite a while, just getting content made and, um, yeah. you know, and we were using our lives as kind of the Geiger counter to figure out what to talk about. And yeah. we, you know, and, and just talking with our friends and their struggles and that was our best feedback. But fortunately I think we were already in the industry. We're both artists. We know a lot of artists. We know a lot of people in the industry side of things. And we were kind of using that and kind of letting it naturally get born. And then I think the reason why things started to shift on 24 is because we started to bring more, like more guests in and we started to get that, you know, outward interaction and their response to it kind of was like, they like, I remember Owen was like, he walked away and he was like, that was one of the best interviews. He was like, that was awesome. Yeah. And I think what we got to see was that, Hey, maybe we're actually on the right track. And then Gabe came in and Emilio came in and Scott came in and, you know, and yeah, um, Sam and, yeah. uh, and Marco and, and, and Seth and, and yeah. Teresa. And Teresa. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and we had all these guests and they were having such a great experience and we had already built kind of a foundation and that's kind of the thing. It's, it's, I think patience also requires trust and faith. Yeah. Like it's huge, right? Yeah. Cause if you don't have that trust and faith, I mean, yeah. In what you're doing, yeah. you know, like that's always, I think that's always like the backbone behind everything. Like we, we've, we've explored this in a lot of other different topics and conversations, but it's still, it very much comes down to knowing that, knowing that why, mm-hmm. 
you know, really knowing that why really knowing that purpose, really knowing that vision that you have and, and believing in it, yeah. you know, and having that faith in it. It's like, no matter, no matter what anybody else might think right away, right off the bat, you know, like there's so many stories, uh, that we, I mean, we've been told this story so many times through our lives, whether it's through fiction or nonfiction yeah. of people who had an idea, had a dream and, you know, they were met with resistance early, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people who doubted them, people who, who put them down, whatever. And then suddenly whatever it was that they had, whatever this thing was, they created finds its audience. It finds the people that it's for. And suddenly it's like, you know, someone's, someone's life completely changes. Well, you know, what's really interesting is we did a podcast a while back and we just released it. It's, um, being in a relationship with, or as an artist. Yes. Yeah. We just released this and on our Twitter, we've had people share and quote this, uh, podcast, uh, you know, a whole bunch of times. And people are like, you know, one guy wrote, um, you know, this is me, I'm a filmmaker. And he requoted our, our inner relationship, you know, and, um, um, one of the blurbs that you wrote after the podcast, cause you'll write the blurbs was, um, you they're know, not blurbs, Brandon. All right. They're, <laughs> they're, they're blurbs. <laughs> all right. They're, they're, what do you want to call them, Evan? They're, um, <laughs> we write, they're, uh, we write they're summarizal anecdotes. <laughs> All right, you're summarize. You're summarize. <laughs> do it. I don't even know. I don't even know. So I don't your think blurbs, summarize was man, a word. Your blurbs. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, I quoted. I quoted one of your blurbs. I like <laughs> your ears. <laughs> no, it's fine. Your anecdotes. Please, please continue. Yeah, Let's drive uh, this forward yeah, a little bit. So um, thank you. Um, so you, uh, so you wrote it right, and it was just basically like how. Um, it was summarizing one of the points, which was basically how being an artist, you, you know, having encouragement and support, especially in your relationships, friendships and romantic, how that's really important. So I just kind of quoted that with the tweet and I've noticed, and then you quoted one with the beer company, which was another one. And both of those have been retweeted and liked quite a few times in a, in a really quick amount of time. And people, it's really interesting reading what people, when they quote a tweet, what they write personally on top of it. Yeah. That's really neat. And, um, you know, and, uh, I remember when we were about to record it and we were trying to come up with an idea of what to do and we were bouncing back and forth ideas and it was probably, um, well, I don't even remember how we came up with it, but it was something about in relationships. Um, and you were like, you know, I think this might be a good one. Like maybe we should just go with that. And I was like, I remember thinking, yeah, you know what, if, if let's try it, let's do it. And, and I think that's kind of how this happens too, is there's a little bit of, you kind of just throw back and forth some ideas, you're patient with it. And then something comes up. And I think sometimes you just got to trust that idea and go with it. Yeah. You know? And, um, I think patience, um, like for example, um, so we're developing a project for the fall. It's a science fiction type of movie. It's not really science fiction. I like to call it futurism because it's actually like, it's much more grounded in reality. Right. It's kind of like, it's not like you could Blade see Runner. this, you could see this happening like maybe within your lifetime. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. More like, um, this term futurism as opposed to sci-fi. Whereas yeah. like when I think sci-fi, I think like out of this world, but like within the next like 10 to 20 years, you might be able to see something like this happen, mm-hmm. maybe 30 years, but it's something that's like, like, and we're kind of, um, stumbling upon this technology, you know, but, um, 
one of the things that I'm working with this writer, I'm not writing it. I'm, I'm actually like, um, on the filmmaking side of things, but, um, working with the writer and being like, the, the writer was like, you know, I, I think I'm, I, I just think I'm out of ideas. Like maybe we should just end this like session and just like, I'll think about some ideas and I'll come back. And I said, no, yeah, this is what you're doing right now. Um, is you're staring at the blank page. Let's just stare at the blank page and let's just, let's just, don't worry. If we're sitting on the phone here, having this call and we don't say anything for the next half an hour, I'm totally okay with that. Let's just do it. And so we just sat for a few minutes and we went, well, it's this idea. Well, it's this idea. And then all of a sudden, boom, we just started all of a sudden the floodgates opened. But if we didn't have that patience, we both would have went away we both would have banged our head against the wall, come back, tried it again, yeah. probably struggled. But just by hanging in there and being patient and the idea that seems to be what's going to be, um, the, the story now, yeah. um, is super exciting. But if we didn't hang in there, it wouldn't have come about. Yeah. And that's the thing about patience is like, and especially as a screenwriter, yeah. you just got to hang in there. Look at that, like stare at the wall, stare at the blank page. Just don't go away. Yeah. You know? Especially because yeah. the way that we know how, like how we know how the mind works mm-hmm. and, and also, you know, this is more of a personal thing, but how I think the creative, how the creative process sort of works, but it's like our subconscious does far more things than our conscious mind is capable of like our conscious mind, like the, like scientifically, like they've done studies on this, the conscious mind where we like just apply and we try to think about something and do something yeah. is capable of about doing like three, four things. Okay. Right. Like yeah, it's yeah, capable yeah. of doing three or four things. The subconscious in like comparison is doing like thousands of things. Like it's super efficient. Like it just, it can bang through stuff. So the thing is you put your conscious mind on something and then you kind of just want your subconscious to work on it. Right. Cause you no, know, it's like you've put this idea in there and you said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do something about this. You know, your conscious, I think in some ways, maybe your conscious mind is best for just making a decision on something. Yeah. You know, use your conscious mind to be like, okay, I'm taking this on. I'm choosing to do this. All right. Perfect. I'm going to think about maybe some ideas, whatever. And then you leave it. And then next thing you know, it's like, it's one of those people start having those wake up in the middle of the night situations where you go, holy shit, I've got it. Like I've, I've figured it out. And it's because your subconscious has just been like piecing it all together. It's been building the world. It's been building the idea. Right. Right. And then it just kind of hands it to you and you're just like, Oh oh my God. And then you're, you're scrambling to get it all down as fast as you can. That's why I really think like as a writer, like some of my best writing sessions have literally just been staring at the page. I did a pocket live, like live cast as I was writing, I wrote, uh, probably another 10 or 12 pages, uh, maybe actually 16 pages, um, of the new script. Right. I'm going to finish probably, um, you know, this week. Um, but I was there and I was sitting there, I'm trying to write these scenes and I was just talking through with people and people were on the other end and they were asking questions and paying attention and just whatever. And I was just telling them about my process, but I was staring there like at the blank page, you know, and I had the, I had the kind of the cast like off to the side. So people were kind of like watching and I was talking to them, but focused on the page. And then I would come up with this idea and then I would talk it out with, yeah. with them live. But, but it was really neat because 
what was happening was I actually like, and at first I was like, this is stupid. People aren't going to, but people were tuning in. And I was like, this is really interesting because people are getting to watch what it actually looks like to be a professional writer, which there's these times where, and you know, where you're just typing away, you're just in flow and everything is going and you're just getting pages done and there's no problem. Yeah. Everything's just so easy. But there's these other times where nothing is coming and nothing makes sense and everything you are thinking just, you hate and it's <laughs> shit, you know, yeah. it is, it is, but, but you, you know, it's shit and you know, it's so shit. It's even hard to write down, but you sit there and you just stare at the page and you just let the process go. And I, the recording was like five hours because people started tuning in. And then there's a period where I was like, okay, I think I'm done. And then someone was asking me questions for the next hour. And then I started writing again because after an hour of kind of just letting, like taking a moment away, my, my, probably my subconscious was processing. And I wrote probably one of the best scenes in the entire script on like hour five which was my final hour. Yeah. And it was just like, at first I was like, I don't know how to write this thing. But then at the final hour, I finally figured it out. And I think that that's patience. You know, you just got to like, if you want to be a writer, you got to be willing to just stare at that blank page and just let it process, you know, but there's still the the decision and the commitment to doing it. Yeah. I think the the conscious choice is sitting there that you'll look at the the page. Yeah. But the subconscious you don't recognize, like I didn't realize is working on it. It's working on it. Like while I'm asking this, these other questions, my subconscious was processing what to do with this scene. And then at at a certain point we had a, you know, they were done with their questions and then boom, all of a sudden, you know, I was ready to, I was ready to write. Yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah. it was, it was, um, yeah, it's so interesting how our minds work and, and in creativity and, and the value of patience in it. And, you know, I, I can't believe that we haven't had this discussion sooner on this podcast now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> because I'm like, this is so, I mean, I think that we've touched on this, we've glanced on this before, but it's, it's really like both in terms of how you work as an artist and how you achieve your success within, within the industry, like patience is key to both of them. You know, patience is, is key to those like allowing yourself to, to have your process and allowing yourself to make mistakes, allowing yourself to do something that maybe isn't fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I saw uh, rogue one. Yeah. Again, uh, again, yeah. And the second time you saw it with me for the first time. Yeah. And there was a line, there was a line in the movie and it was, it's kind of a dark and a grim one, but it, it there's this kind of a weird wisdom to it where right at the start, um, you know, he's trying to get the, he's trying to get the, the scientist to, to come back and finish and finish making the death star yeah. basically. Right. And and he's, and so the guy's trying to convince him to come back and he's saying like, Hey, listen, like this will, this is to bring, you know, peace and security or something. And then he says like, or he's like, or to bring terror, right. Kind of thing. And the guy's response is, well, we have to begin somewhere. Oh, (laughs) we have to start somewhere. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's really like, it's weird. And I don't agree with it, but 
you know, sometimes you just, you have to just start somewhere and sometimes starting somewhere, especially with writing or with any creative endeavor, getting ready to do a part or doing that first work, you're just like, ugh. like, I think the thing that's crippling is that you have so much, there's so many places you could go that you're, it's hard to make a decision. Right. I think that's the really paralyzing thing. It's not knowing, it's not knowing which of the many things to do. Hmm. Uh, it's not that there aren't any ideas that you can come up with. It's, there's too many. Right. Um, but sometimes you just, you just got to begin with one. Yeah. Right. Just like, just begin with one. Like maybe you don't think it's the, you know, the most amazing thing right now, but it's the best you have at the moment and you go with it and you see where it goes. Be And when you're open and you're patient, let's keep throwing this word in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> then I think that's when the, when magical things start to happen, right? Like you just, you start to engage with it. Your mind's working with it in a way, the creative flow is starting to come and work through you and, and it ends up starting to take you. And that's when, for me, that's when, that's a sign for me when I'm on the right path is when this thing's starting to take me on a thing now. It's just like, okay, I've applied my mind to it and I've started, I set this thing in motion and now I'm, I'm just kind of along for the ride. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, um, so like the project, which I'm not really uh, like supposed to say much about, but I can say this is that it's in development, which, um, in a movie, which means that when you're in development, it means that you're still, you know, developing, uh, essentially the artistic work, you know? Um, and a lot of companies don't want to do anything in development, which is super exciting to be a part of something where like we're in development. Um, but the, as I'm working with the writer who, um, and I'll, I'll reveal all this shit eventually, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but anyway, uh, as I was working with this writer who I really think is awesome and I totally believe in, um, you know, I was like, don't worry, let's just throw out ideas and what's going to end up happening is let's just, let's literally write down every idea we have. And don't worry, like the way I'm looking at this project is if you look at the bigger picture of it, we're probably going to be developing these other ideas. But right now we're picking the best idea for what we're trying to do right now. Mm-hmm. And this helped the writer a lot because he's like took off so much pressure for them because they were like, oh, okay, well, like this idea that's really great is just going to get put into a vat of ideas that we're potentially going to work with next. And I'm like, just think about it. If, if everything that we're doing right now is actually works out the way it's supposed to work out, the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to want to know the next project we want to do together. And I'm thinking bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, don't worry about it because what's going to happen is this is going to be great. They're going to want to know the next project. We have already thought of the next project. We'll all be ready to roll on it. Plus we'll probably have more money and more whatever to move forward with it. So let's just figure out the best. And it was like, yeah. And I think that's part of patience too, is just removing pressure, you know, like take pressure away because yeah. I think like for me, and I definitely get caught up in this and like, I just have to be a leader in this position, like where I'm at. So I, I don't, I'm not really, I mean, I could, but I'm not really allowed to let my insecurities and my shit get in the way, but I definitely totally relate to that struggle is like, I don't want to, I don't want to make the wrong choice. And I mean, even still, I don't want to make the wrong choice. And also I'm like, 
what you you were saying, you get all these options. That's what happens in the development stage. You just get all these options. We could go this way, we could go that way, we could do this thing. And it's kind of like at a certain point you have to go, okay, we have all of these, but like what in trust and faith, kind of like what feels right. And let's venture in. And you know what, if it doesn't work out, let's just backtrack. We'll go to another idea and we'll take down that one. Yeah. But like, I think the conscious mind, you, you, and I really want to keep hammering this home. You said earlier, the conscious mind is really good for like making an immediate decision. And the subconscious is working on like 20 levels. So I kind of trust that while we're working on one way, we've already kind of, we've already kind of made a decision. We're going to go down this road. And I'm really excited about where the story looks like it's going. But I think while that's happening, my subconscious is still processing the other ideas we had, but maybe we'll go down this road. Maybe it won't be the right one, but when we come back to these, I'll have actually done subconscious work on them. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and regardless, we'll probably come back to them at some point, but it's really neat how it kind of works, you know? Oh, absolutely. And so I think like patience is just kind of like, make a conscious choice and start somewhere and do something right now and trust that even if it's the wrong direction, you're still working on these other ideas. Nothing's really in vain. Yeah. And I think that patience is, and, and trust is a huge part of that equation as well. Mm -hmm. Patience is a sign of your trust. It's like an action of trust. It is. Yeah. Um, in what you're doing. Right. You know, and, uh, yeah, I I think it's, I think patience can be, uh, and just to, to kind of take this back, like maybe a few, a few levels here in terms of what sort of inspired this, you know, this topic for today was, um, was, you know, in this talk that this guy was giving, which I, even though I've already said it, I forgot his name again. Um, <laughs> but basically, <laughs> um, you know, that in patience, um, for sort of the big things that we want to accomplish. And for millennials, millennials say more than anything, we want to make an impact, right? It's like, you want to make an impact. You got to have patience. You know, it's like, it's not going to be an immediate thing. And so we're surrounded by a lot of sort of comforts and conveniences that give us immediate gratification. But in terms of our own personal things, I mean, it's like, well, hold on. Like, what's the hurry? Like what's, like, what's the rush? What is it that you're trying to necessarily get to? If you, anything worthwhile is going to take time to do Mm. and to sort of wrap your head around that and start to enjoy the process a little bit more and, and accept that this is going to take time as opposed to just being like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm working towards this. Okay. But like, you know, almost sort of looking at the clock Mm. all the time as to like, all right, well, when is this going to happen? It's like, well, it's, going to happen when it happens, right? Like if you've really got the, if you really got the spine for it, which is your, your passion, your, your drive, your vision, your purpose in all of this, then, then it's going to take however long it's going to take. Right. Mm -hmm. But to, um, yeah, to trust the process of it happening and and yeah. yeah, And trusting process does take patience. It does take a tremendous amount of patience at times you know, because we do, we want things to just work out. We want things to just like, Oh, I wish this could just, I could just get this on the page or, or I could get this, you know, this part to the place, you know, where it's really alive inside me, you know, where I don't have to think about this and, or, you know, I don't know, or a song perhaps, you know, it's just like, or I could just get like the melody, right. Or this, that 
it's that struggle. It's that struggle to that push and that pull that ends up making it the thing that it will be. Right. It's what ends up giving it that sort of that greatness Mm -hmm. that it can become. If it doesn't have that, that push and that pull, I don't know if you will ever actually do anything worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, you, I I love that saying, I love that saying like, uh, the brighter, the light, the darker, the shadow, or like the, the, you know, it's, it's kind of like the juxtaposition. And, um, I was actually just having a conversation with someone earlier today. Like if we got everything we wanted immediately without any friction, without any difficulty, it would actually be meaningless to us because it's that very sense of friction and difficulty, which actually makes it important. And, um, you know, uh, there was that, uh, you know, on that, um, Facebook group, we're a part of, um, journeying or whatever, there was someone requoted something about, um, how, uh, without pain, it's like, there's an emptiness. Like if you play poker and you don't, and there's no stakes and no one has money in it. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. I yeah. That one. Yeah. yeah. That was a really good one. But if you, if you play poker and there's no money in it, there's no money to lose, no money to gain. Everyone just stays in, you know, everyone just hangs in there. And patience is like, um, if you know anything about poker is like to, to, to be willing to lose a little, to, to uncover like what might be. And sometimes you go, you know what? It's not worth it. I don't need to know like what could be here and I'm going to pull out. But like, like the best poker players are people who have like, they have an understanding of the game, but they also are willing to hang in there. They're willing to bluff a little, they're willing to go in beyond what they know they're capable of. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know this sounds super random, but (laughs) it will (laughs) in a moment, it will in a moment, but like, it's kind of about being ready, but not being ready. Like if we were always ready for what we wanted in life, then life would be too easy. That's why life throws us into things that we don't know if we're ready for. Mm-hmm. Cause if we knew we were ready, we would just always do it. But if we don't know we're ready and we hang in there, that's character. That's what's interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how we go beyond what we thought we were capable of. Yeah. And it's, sometimes you're not yeah. going to be ready and you're going to fall flat on your face and it's going to suck. But you know what? Sometimes you are going to be ready. And for that brief time, that opportunity where you were ready and you did show up, that's when it's going to matter. And sometimes, you know, you gotta, you gotta know like how to pick your battles. But I think the thing about patience is about kind of like, um, trusting that, you know what, I'm going to show up to this thing. I might not be ready today and I might start today, but I'm going to become ready. So like, um, to bring this all back around when we started the podcast, I was not ready to start a podcast. Personally, I mm-hmm. didn't know how podcasts worked. I didn't know the, the target audience. I didn't really know anything. I didn't know how I would sound, you know, all, all sorts of shit. I didn't know if I could face the haters. I didn't know if I could do it. Mm-hmm. But I said, no, I believe in what we're doing and it's important enough and I will become ready. And lo and behold, I feel I have. But that's part of patience is like, I'm going to keep showing up doing something, not really feeling like I'm there, but eventually trusting And I think that's the whole thing is like trusting that eventually if I keep doing it, if I hang in there, I will be. And I, and I only, 
I only find that as every podcast we do, I find I'm getting a little more relaxed, a little more comfortable, a little, mm-hmm. it's a little more ease. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Right. But still not knowing what's going to happen. Well, yeah. And you know, whether people will even find it valuable, we, there's, there's no way we can determine that. No, <laughs> <laughs> we have absolutely no idea. Um, but yeah, no, it's, um, it's great, man. This, this, this beer is actually starting to like, uh, affect me a little bit. Oh really? You're I'm, only like a quarter in and I'm like, I'm, like, a, like, I'm like halfway in basically. I, I kind of, this one's so good. I wish we got more. Mm. I, this is like, honestly out of the craft brews that we've had, this has been one of my favorite. Yeah. Like of all time out of all 93 podcasts, it's close to my, it's in my top five. Yeah. This one's for this sure. This one Maybe is my top three. a definite winner. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So should I introduce it? Yeah. This is, this is all you. So this is 33 acres brewery, um, local. They're on, they're on eighth, uh, over on by Ontario here in Vancouver. And this is the resin. So this is like not always on, uh, they don't have this all the time, Yeah, but, um, it's a high alcohol content, 7%. Yeah. It's a double, it's, it's a, a double, double red ale, double red ale. Yeah. And, uh, the, she was saying like, it's got, it's got like a little bit of hop to it, but they, um, they really like put so much stuff into it to give it a body. And honestly, like for a winter beer, this is like the ideal winter beer. Yeah. Like there's really, like, this is like what you hope and dream for. <laughs> in my opinion. It's rich, but refreshing. It's hoppy, but like not, not just like assaultingly hoppy. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And it's just full of flavor and it's, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's got some body to it. I I really like it. Yeah. 33 acres resin. If you get a chance to get this one, which, um, probably only going to be able to get it in winter, I suppose. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely if you're there, well, get this I'm one. sure they've kept the recipe and they'll probably rotate it in there. Yeah. Just request it. Message them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell them, it. tell them the B and E podcast told you it was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They like us. You know what? I, you know what I love about that place is like, they, they're where we started and they always like, they always just kind of remember us, you know, yeah. when we show up, which I, which I really appreciate. Yeah. 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 Some sort of a thing pop up. Yeah. Go on. Don't worry about it. Um, but anyhow, patience, um, patience and persistence. Yeah. Um, it's just telling me that, that we've, we've got an award for recording a certain amount of time. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So thumbs up. Um, Um, (laughs) yeah. So, uh, for, you know, um, doing the pocket live thing has been really great. And thanks for everybody here for tuning in. This is our last, uh, live podcast of 2016, which we've done. This is our 90th, I believe, or it's our 91st, uh, podcast. I think it's our 90th podcast of this year. Cause we did three. Oh in 2015. yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah we started this year. in like, uh, the end of the year. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we've been, uh, we've been just trucking away, getting them done. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> been, uh, it's been a hell of a year. Well, it's been a hell of a year. We've had so many beers too on this podcast. Oh yeah. 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 I think in the new year, we'll probably end up getting a lot more guests too on board. Um, I think this year was like really a lot about kind of laying the groundwork. I mean, Mm -hmm. we had a bunch of really amazing guests, but, um, this year I, I really like, we really did a lot of, um, laying the groundwork. Like I've been listening to some other podcasts, you know, some people who were like, kind of like, you know, Tim Ferriss and, uh, you know, the Joe Rogan 
experience and yeah. all that stuff. And some of the people who are like, you know, really established. And if you listen to their earlier stuff, you know, it, th- it's a process for them too. You know, it's like they didn't begin like where they're at now. And in a way, like you might even like some of their earlier stuff because in their earlier stuff, they were at a different place, but it's kind of neat because if you just go back far enough, you can start to have um, a period of time where they were going through whatever they were going through and talking the way yeah. they were talking. Cause like things evolve, right? That's the other thing about patience is like, you don't recognize at the time you think you're just doing what you're doing. You are where you are. But over time, all of a sudden you find yourself in some place and it's different. Mm-hmm. I read a quote the other day. It was something like, isn't it funny how day to day it seems like nothing changes, but when you look back, everything is different. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like that. I mean, I mean, it's kind of what it is, right? You don't really notice. Um, but that's patience, right? It's like, you don't realize you're growing all the time Yeah. and then things are evolving. And then one day you look back and you go, wow, things have changed. If you stay at something. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I remember, um, reading a similar thing in, um, Dan Millman's book, the laws of spirit. Yeah. Um, but basically like climbing, you know, to a, to a mountain top, And it's like, you know, you look at the, if you keep looking at the summit, you know, it feels like you're never going to get there. But if you keep putting your foot, you know, one foot in front of the other, you're going to look back and you're going to go, Oh wow. Look how far I've come. Yeah. Um, so same thing, different words. That's one of the things, Ish, that, but yeah, it's one uh, of the things I love about hiking, you know, in BC, we got so many great hikes and I've hiked with like lots of people. I always try and encourage people to get out and like experience the wilderness out here. Um, and, and people have all sorts of different, um, opinions on hiking, you know, especially when you're hiking with them, especially when it's a harder climb. Mm -hmm. But you know, what's really interesting is some people will suffer all the way up. Some people will totally not even notice they're climbing. Some people will be like wanting to stop and check the view every few minutes. Some people will just kind of be in the zone, like a robot. They're like, let's just get to the top. It's really interesting, but everybody kind of eventually you just hit a point and you look and you're like, wow, we've, we've climbed a real distance, you know? And you, and it's usually like some viewpoint or something. And Mm -hmm. you're like, and you just kind of like, you didn't realize you were doing it, but then all of a sudden you like recognize like, Hey, and, um, I like hiking because I think hiking has been um, a really great thing. One is you get these moments of seeing what you've done, which is really cool. You get these moments to like, really like go, okay, I've, I've achieved this thing, but I've really learned to enjoy and really embrace the process of hiking because there's sometimes where I'm hiking stuff and it's extremely steep incline and, um, it can just be painful and hard, but like, I've been really like, um, more and more too, is just really enjoying the process of the hike and like connecting to like why I'm hiking while I'm hiking. And I think patience can become a lot easier when you don't suffer about it. And you kind of just really stay connected. Like there's periods of hiking where it's like, just like a step ladder. It's like, it's just like, you're just climbing and it's so hard and your like lungs are going and your body and your legs are shaking because you've hiked like, you know, thousands of feet up. And, um, and, and, uh, I found that if you just kind of 
take it one step at a time and you just embrace it and you connect to like, I'm getting fit. I'm out in nature. I'm doing this. And with every step is gratitude. It's a really enjoyable process. I, I hiked with someone one time where this person literally suffered every step of the way. And, (laughs) and they totally recognized the value when they got to the top. But I was like, why, why make this so painful on yourself on the way there? Like, Mm -hmm. and this person notoriously like does not have a lot of patience. Mm. And so I was like, it was an insight into their process. I mean, of course you don't have patience. You suffer through everything you must do. Anything that's painful, you suffer through it. That's your, your model. So I like my point of this whole hiking story is like, if we just learn to not suffer so much, like pain is temporary. Suffering is optional. Yeah. Right? And that's another part about patience. You can be in pain, but like you don't have to suffer about the pain. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you bring up this analogy cause you know, I'm, I love hiking as well. Like I'm just, and, and I recently had a conversation with somebody who, who went and did and did a hike and they enjoy doing it, but they, they do sort of like suffer and bemoan it during a lot of the process of it. Right. And then, you know, they get to the view and they're like, Oh, okay. For me, I'm like, hiking is about the hike. Hmm. Like I just love being out in the woods and I love moving in the environment and having my feet and gravel and dirt and tree roots and being surrounded by, you know, forest and, and mountains and stuff. Like, it's just like it, it just like gets me, it just gets my blood moving. Like it's just, I have an aliveness about it. And it doesn't mean that there aren't parts where it's like, Oh yeah, like my legs are burning, you know, or, or whatever. And sometimes it just means like, okay, just like slow down the pace a little bit. Yeah. Just like, just, just take it down a notch. It's like, Oh, okay. Right. You know, and then, and you just keep going, mm-hmm. right. You just slow it down, keep going. Right. And then, you know, you pick it up at a different stage once you've like kind of recuperated or, but I don't even, re- I don't really think about that. Like I acknowledge that it's happening. I acknowledge that, you know, I have fatigue or that there's burning or, you know, I, I acknowledge that this is happening in my body, but it's not a, it's not a thing that I, I suffer about. It's something that I just accept as part of what I'm doing right? because I love doing it more than it hurts. Right. right. And so it's like, that's kind of my mentality. And you're saying this, I'm like, man, I need to apply this approach to like everything else. You know, it's really just like, getting out there and, and doing it, committing to doing it, keep creating, yeah, keep creating your thing. And, and then yes, there's going to be obstacles that get, you know, that, that come up, you know, you're going to start to feel the burn. You're going to start to feel some fatigue here and there, you know, it's, you know, maybe you just like you dial it back a little bit, right? right? Keep moving, yeah. just keep moving. Right. But you can, yes. It's like, if it's, if it's hurting too much, slow down. Yeah. Right. Like there, and there's no problem that cause, and this is where the patience comes in. Right. It's just like, just slow down. All right. Like if it hurts so much, you, no one said you had to keep this pace going. Totally. Right. You're the one who's telling you, you have to keep this pace going, slow down and just keep moving. Right. And, and then there's going to be another moment where you can pick that pace back up again. You know, you find those moments and yeah. I don't know. I think this is great. It's great. We've no, stumbled into something really good. Totally. I'm glad you brought you know, this up because that's the thing about hiking too. I'm just realizing as you're talking, like there's certain hikes, which are really steep inclines 
and they're just always a steep incline. There are certain ones which are kind of mellow inclines. There's ones that have variations where they're kind of mellow, they're up and down, and sometimes they're really steep. But like when they get really steep, you don't have to stay at the same pace you would when they're mellow. You know, and I think like, um, I think that we, sometimes we face an obstacle. Like I know right now you're rebuilding the website and stuff and I'm doing a few things for my business, but you're rebuilding. I know that's a challenge, but that might be for you at this moment, a steep incline. So all you really have to do in this analogy is like, just, okay, just recognize a steep incline, but just chip away. Just be a little more patient with yourself. Right. And the thing is, is like, um, there's that also that saying, everything is hard until it becomes easy. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's like, like I remember when I was first building my website and, um, I don't know what the hell I was doing. Right. And then I started to get a little better at it and then a little better. And you know, and that's, and that's how it goes. And now like I can build websites for people if I wanted to, I don't really want to, but I can, but now it's relatively pretty easy, you know, putting all this stuff together and I've tried more advanced websites and I've, you know, more advanced programs and whatnot. But yeah, it's like, I think that's the thing about patience and trust have so much to to do with each other because like, I think when we're moving slow, I don't know if you can relate to this, but when I'm moving slow, I feel like I'm moving so slow. It's like, I'm never going to get there. But I don't realize that I'm climbing an extremely steep incline. And so I might be moving forward slower but I'm getting higher faster. And so it's like, I think sometimes we, um, measure our success by forward movement and we don't realize that sometimes movement is, is vertical. You know, it's like yeah. not always a horizontal, like directly forward path. Yeah. And I think hiking is like a great example because like it arguably in hiking, you're getting further by going up than you are by going forward in some respects. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I think in, in our model of success in life, we always feel like we need to be moving forward. But like, what if you're climbing a ladder? You might not be moving forward at all, but you're moving up. Or maybe and, you have to do a switchback. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> and sometimes to get somewhere else, you got to go through a valley and that's just part of the journey. You know, that's just part of yeah. like, you got to actually go down. There's this one hike I really love called deep cove. It's over oh, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. and deep cove. You actually go down sometimes and then you go back up and you go down, but at the end you end up at a peak that's just higher and it's looking over the cove, but, um, you got to go up and down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And like, I think sometimes the journey is like that. Sometimes you feel like, man, I'm going down and I don't like, I'm going against what I want to do. And I think that sometimes you got to just have trust and faith that you're going in the right direction. Yeah. Even if you don't feel like you're going like up or forward, you're yeah. like, you know, you're going backwards. And I think that patience is the acceptance of process as well right. on, on your journey to whatever it is yeah. that you're, you're out to do, you know, and it makes, and it does, it takes some of the pressure off. I think this is another thing that's, that's big in this conversation as well as is when you have a certain sense of patience about what's going on, when you hit these things, you've kind of knew that this was probably going to happen at some point. And I think another part of this equation as well is that is when we make these things wrong, when we hit these moments of, of like, Oh, this part is harder than I thought it was going to be, or this is proving to be a bit more difficult, Hmm. you know, at this, at this stage of the journey and we make it wrong. And mostly we make ourselves wrong. Right. 
that this shouldn't be so hard or, you know, this means I should just give up or whatever. Right. And it's like, no, it's just, you, again, you've just hit, you've just hit one of the, the tougher parts of the hike. You know, it's an incline. It's okay. Like you'll slow down, you know, like just (laughs) like you don't have to keep burning like, like crazy. Yeah. You know, you don't have to keep the same pace at this point. The, the, The big thing is that you, you keep putting one foot in front of the other. doesn't matter how fast you do that as long as you keep doing it. Right. You know, it's, um, like I like this hiking analogy and I love analogies, you know, this, but, um, you, have you ever heard of the West coast trail? Yeah. So my oh, yeah. brother has done it twice. Oh wow. Yeah. It's seven day hike. If you're like extreme, you can do it in five days, but there's a longer version of it though too, isn't there? I think there's a shorter one. That's like seven days. There's like a two week version of it too. Oh really? I, I've heard. So uh, yeah, I've heard. I wouldn't be surprised, but, um, but it's, uh, like there's a lot of up and down. There's uh, ladders, like you're carrying your pack sack and you've got to spend nights yeah. on the trail. And, um, there's certain points, uh, what I, which I've, I've never done it. I intend to do it, but, um, there's a certain point where you have to, basically the tide needs to be down so you can get across this beach line mm. and then you can get to the other side. But if the tide's up, you got to wait, you have to wait till the tide goes back down. Cause it's too high, Yeah, you know, for in the waves are coming in and stuff, right. It's on the coast. Um, so you wait until the tide comes down and then you, you try to time it so you can get past this one area. And I think like that's patience, you know, that's like, like life's kind of like that. And the other thing too, is I think, um, you know, for our small goals, it's like a day hike. You know, you're going to go, you're going to reach the peak. You're going to come back. Maybe you'll reach the peak, you'll camp and then you'll come back, but you'll do it in a day or two. It's relatively, you know, it's, it's, but I think our big goals, like our dreams, they're like the seven day or 14 day hike or 30 day hike or whatever. And so we have to find those moments of rest. And I think, um, you know, you, and sometimes those moments are determined for us. Yeah. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes the, the environment is just going to be stop. Yeah. Just stop. You have to stop right now. And I think, you know, we had a talk, um, which hasn't gone live yet. I don't think yet, but it was process and progress. Mm -hmm. And I think when you appreciate process over progress, you recognize that sometimes stopping is progress. It is process. It's not always a forward movement. It's not always go, 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 never sleep. Because if you do that, you'll burn yourself out. And like, um, you know, for these, uh, people who've done the, the, um, West coast trail, like people can do it in less time. Like people have done it in five, but they say it takes about seven for your average person. But basically what happens for someone who has to like, uh, do in five, they're like doubling up their workload. And so you're doubling up your workload. And once, you know, the next day is like, that's the thing is you're going for five days. So like you've been hiking and carrying this big, heavy bag and setting up camp, taking down camp, you know, whatever you're sore your body is like, and you're, you know, it's wet and it's cold and and whatever might be happening. Even if it's summer, you're dealing with the elements. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're dealing with fears. Like there's like major heights and shit people have to climb. So the wildlife out there, exactly. Literally, you know, like um, bears out there and cougars and yeah, all sorts of stuff. And so, you know, the next day, 
you are still making sure you have enough energy to conserve, to be able to make the hike for the next day and then do it again and do it again. And I think like our bigger goals, um, I think we need to be kind with ourselves because sometimes what we need to do is we need to rest, you know? Um, that was a huge lesson for me. I've learned like in this last couple of years, which sometimes just stop, go to sleep, get some rest, eat some good food and just let it be, just let it be. And if you do that, you come back with a re-energized kind of place. And that's what you need to, to, to take on the next part of that trek. But if you're kind of like burning, 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 going, and you hit this really hard part, it's like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. And this is harder than anything I've ever experienced. It's like, you've already burnt yourself out before you got there. And then you're expecting yourself to perform beyond anything you've ever done before. And you haven't rested and taken care of yourself, you know? So that's kind of the process of patience too. And sometimes slowing down can offer you a perspective as well. Right. Or taking a moment to just like survey the landscape, look at the direction that you're going. Right. And maybe she's like, Oh, I could actually just, I could go this way. Right. Right. And there's, but yeah, there's, there's a time for everything. And I, I love sometimes when we can put these sort of metaphors too, because sometimes it is, it's hard when, when you're dealing with these very internal processes that, that go on within creativity, you know, like you can't see it. It's like this ambiguous, thing that's operating. And it's, it's, I love finding these physical metaphors for it because I think that truly the world is a classroom. Like we can find lessons through how we, how we physically move, because I think that to a large degree, it's kind of a manifestation of, of how we actually are internally. Right. Right. And yeah, doing a hike is the same, is the same kind of thing. We had, uh, we had another good talk. I don't remember if I think it went live just a little while ago, which was, um, the one about, um, the road trip. Remember the map? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a really great analogy we were talking about, about how like, you know, the plan. Yeah. The plan, you have this plan, you have this road map and you're like, I'm going to go from here to here. It's like, you know, go from Vancouver to Los Angeles and we're going to take the I five the whole way, you know, pretty much. Right. Yeah. So we get to the one one or whatever. Um, and, uh, you don't like, you don't know, like maybe you got to go and divert from the highway. Maybe you got to go off and do something else. You don't necessarily, you have this plan or this idea of how things are going to go. And I think so often in life, the path that we think we can take the easy path, um, we can take it for part of the way, but we don't always get to take it the whole way. And I think patience is also trusting is like, okay, well, we can still get there, but we have to find another way. And it might take us a lot longer and it might be a roundabout way and we might have never taken it. And, you know, um, but you, you, you figure it out. And, and I think that's part of achieving a goal. I think, um, if you only have one way to achieve a goal, your chances of success are very, very limited because if anything goes wrong with that one way, now you're, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it as like, maybe you only have one way in the beginning, but you say, I will be open to any forks in the road to like go another way because this might not be the only way I can go. And this way might not work, but you figure out another way at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's kind of about, you know, even if you got to go a roundabout way to get your goal, patience is sometimes like 
not getting frustrated that it maybe takes you longer than it takes someone else. Like maybe you look yeah. at someone else and they got to take like the direct road. They got to go I five Vancouver to LA or whatever. Let's say they got to yeah. take the direct road and it was easy for them. It was five lanes pretty much. And they're like, or whatever, two lanes for some of it, one lane for some, but anyway, you're there. It's direct. It's like fast. Right. But for you, for whatever reason, I five is closed. You know, that major highway is not an option for you. Yeah. There's a major traffic block or something happened. And like, there's things that you can't, you can't account for. So you you do it a different way. You know, I've gone to LA and you've driven with me down there, um, from Vancouver. And it's, you know, it's like, takes like, you know, anywhere from like 18 to 24 hours to do like a straight, pretty much straight drive. Right. Yeah. And I've done it, but I also did the West coast with my buddy Jarvis and we, we went down the Oregon coast and we did, we did all that. Mm. And it, we camped a few times and, uh, we had an amazing experience. It was totally different. Windier roads, smaller roads, a lot slower. Takes longer. Yeah. It takes longer, but probably the, one of the best journeys down there, um, just because of the atmospheric experience I got to have that you don't get to have on that direct shot. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not every, and the other thing too is not everybody's done the Oregon coast, but that's a great thing to have done in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes like doing your journey is sometimes really appreciating the fact that you get to do something that not everyone else gets to do, even if it takes you longer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, (laughs) Like these are all, these are all hitting all the right marks, man. These are, these are fantastic. And it's, yeah. And I think it's this whole thing of it's getting around these judgments and ideas of how, how, of how it's supposed to look and how it's supposed to get done and how we're supposed to do it and how it's all supposed to look. And yeah, it's, it's, and none of that serves you in, in any way whatsoever. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you have, yeah, you have a goal. It's something that you believe in something you, you truly want and desire. And, you know, so you, you set in motion, you know, from one step, it's like, okay, well, we'll start here and you work towards it. But having that patience is, I think, key to actually enjoying yourself a little bit on the way Mm. and not, um, and not destroying yourself in the process, you know, of, of, of getting there, you know, cause it's not just about, about getting to that point as we've often discussed in this podcast, you know, it's like, it's not just about arriving there. You know, um, I've mentioned, uh, this one, I think recently, but, uh, Alan Watts, you know, he's, uh, he's a great, like, just listen, look, oh, at, yeah, look I've him up listen- on, I've been listening to yeah, stuff, just yeah. listen to anything from this guy. But I mean, he's, you know, he talks about how we do, we, we approach life in this way where it's like, you know, it's about getting to this thing. Right. And he's like, well, it's like, does the, does the dancer just, you know, come out to perform and then just finish in their final pose? Does the, does the composer just do the final flourish at the end? It's like, no, like it's, it's, it's a song. It's a dance. Like there's a whole movement that goes Mm -hmm. for the whole thing before it gets to this thing. right? Right. And it wouldn't be that thing if it didn't have the rest of it, because we can, even when I probably referenced that and just said it like, Oh, well you just did a dance. You just went into the final, the final movement or, you know, find the final flourish in a, in an orchestra or whatever. It's like, 
yeah, it would, it would just be like, what? Like it would just be confusing mm-hmm. and, and pretty unspectacular actually, you know, like it would just be there for a second and it'd be, be done. And you wouldn't have had the whole thing up to it that makes that thing what it is because it isn't what it is without the whole lead into it. Right. And I think that our patients can, can help us to enjoy. And this is something that I've been starting to actually figure out a little bit, which has been exciting is that is to actually enjoy my struggle a little bit, enjoy some of how I struggle because I'm not making it as wrong as I used to, you know, it's just like, Oh, I shouldn't be struggling. I shouldn't be having such a hard time with this because, and again, that's all just me wanting it to just work. You know, it's me being impatient with it and with myself. Right. Oh yeah. And so relate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's just, and and it's like, no, it's like this struggle is part of this. Right. It's like, yeah, you know, like it's, it's not, it's like, it's, it's not, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but there's, you know, an emotion to it, you know, where it's just like, you know, but that's because we make it mean all of these things. When you start to embrace it a little bit, you, when you start to embrace, you know, the, the struggles that you do encounter as being completely necessary <clears throat> to the process of it, to being the thing that's actually going to make your work better. You know, that's actually the thing that's going to lead you to whatever it's going to be. That's going to make when that thing comes through, that's going to make it the success. Right. Right. Like, and just allowing it, you need to allow room for it as opposed to just bemoaning and suffering it you know, which is why it's like, I love that you brought up this hiking thing. I'm like, yeah, like that's (laughs) like, because that to me, that's something that I can, I can relate to and attach to because that's something that I so naturally can do without, without suffering. Mm -hmm. I can be in a, like I did, um, the gross grind earlier this summer. And, um, for those of you who'd never been to Vancouver and if you ever come here doing the gross grind is like, that will make you an honorary Vancouverite for sure. Oh yeah. Um, record your time. Yeah. (laughs) And, and I, I, this was like the third time that I'd done it. And you know, every single time I feel I do, I forget how, how difficult it can be (laughs) because it's basically, you're just doing stairs like all the way up a mountain, Yeah, you know, up to the top. And, but there was still an enjoyment that I got out of it of being like out in the woods and like, and I'm sweating and I'm like, Ooh, like certain sections. And I'm like, and I'm feeling the burn and I'm exhausted and whatever, but I'm, I was still just enjoying it. You know, I was still just like taking it in for, you know, maybe I did stop at like a few moments just to like catch my breath for a little bit. And I slow down at certain parts, but that's all just something that I've accepted as being part of doing it. Right. You know, I've just accepted that. Yeah. Okay. My likes are going to burn. It's like, I don't have to make that mean that this is shitty. Mm -hmm. I actually quite enjoyed doing this hike. Yeah. Breathing in this air, you know, like taking in like the, the mountain air and, and seeing the trees and the rocks and the, and the wilderness around me. Right. Like I still, despite all of it, I'm still enjoying this. So this is, I'm so glad that you did this because like, this is, this is good for me. This is so good for me. I love that you, that you threw that into the equation because that's going to start 
stewing in my subconscious and I'm going to start integrating that metaphor into my own process and, and my own approach because we're not, we are not folks. If you haven't heard us say this enough times, at least on the podcast, (laughs) we are not like people who've got it all figured out. No, absolutely not. You know, we (laughs) definitely not. Um, This is in process. A lot of these talks. Yeah. Yeah. In process. Sometimes we don't even, we don't even know what we might have to say about some of these things. We always end up with something to say about them and have discoveries, but we, we don't have all of the answers. And I think that that's, I've learned to be okay with that too, as I've learned that, well, nobody's really has all of the answers. Nobody can really tell you what to do. Anybody. Yeah. So no, you can just take part in the conversation and you can, and you can start to, um, uh, discover what, what kind of works for you. You know, what jives with, um, what you believe to be true. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, it's interesting what you were, just what you, you were saying, because like, um, uh, just over a week ago, just over 10 days ago, I had like some of some great news. My, my film career seems like there's certain things that are doors are opening. I made some decisions about my career. I feel like I'm like, I was super excited. And then all of a sudden I fucking wham, I got hit with, uh, the flu, like yeah. some kind of terrible fucking bug. And it took me down for four days pretty hard. Um, uh, especially the first two were just like bedridden, like not even able to leave the house, like not good. And, um, I've recovered. I'm like almost fully healthy again, but like the last few days, um, I just like, it's so crazy. Cause I was going from such a good place. It's like, it slipped into like a, a, this feeling of like depression. I'm just like, like, what's the fucking point? You know, like everything just seems like, you know, like maybe I'm getting my hopes up, you know, whatever, all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the shit that, that, that happens when, you know, your ego gets into play. And, um, I think the thing that I'm realizing now in this talk was like that period of these last few days, which like I was struggling, were actually making me stronger. They were actually building my humanity and building the value of what I'm building because that adversity that I was facing just emotionally and just mentally, um, makes all the things that I'm building moving forward so much more meaningful now today. But like, I think that's what, I think that's part of the, you know, there's that saying like this too shall pass. Yeah. I was trying to remind myself of that. I was just going through this. It can be a hard so hard to, to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, you're just like, like, I, I don't know what it is about being sick. Um, and also it's something like, like, like being sick. And like, I think there's a, I was actually just having a great conversation with someone earlier today, but when you, are willing to go out there and push for your dreams and push for your big goals. You have to face yourself in a way that most people don't have to. Like if, if we're to suggest that most people are not pursuing their dreams, they're kind of have settled in, they're doing their routine. They're kind of getting by, they're making their money, they're paying their bills, they're doing their stuff, which is totally fine. They don't necessarily have to face themselves as much, which is a certain type of life. And if you're okay with that, it's totally good. But if you're someone who has these bigger dreams and you don't necessarily want to give up on them, you want to pursue them, you want to confront them, you're going to have to face yourself in a way that 
is not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of people don't do it. And so we were just discussing, um, uh, about how that's something that you're, you're going to have to learn to embrace. You're just going to have to learn to embrace that. You're going to have to face yourself in a way that isn't usual, that isn't normal and trust that there's a reason. Yeah. There's a greater value because like we were talking about acting, for example, and we were talking about how, what better way for you to face all your insecurities than to walk into a room where you're going to perform as you, you are the instrument and you're going to go do that. And you're going to put yourself on the line. That's not just some product. You don't get to be separated from it. You you know, you can try to do as much as you want, but you have to face your insecurities. You have to face everything and you have to figure out how to do this thing you love and do it truthfully, do it honestly, and not let the environment affect that. Mm -hmm. Like you don't get that opportunity in a regular life. Like if, like in our day to day, like we go to work, we show up, we see our coworkers, we, you know, do our job. We go home, we watch some television, we eat our dinner, we see our family in all that time. Most people are not really getting challenged in their, in their identity. But one thing about being an actor or say being a musician or someone or being an artist who's putting your work out there, you have to like confront who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and we were just talking about how acting is like that. And I think like, this is the life I've chosen. I've chosen a life where I've decided that I want to do this. And so what it's going to take is it's going to take courage and it's going to take kindness with myself when I'm facing those moments of like, this is a joke. Like, like I'm, I'm kidding myself to even think that I could ever, you know, be or do the things that I dream of. But what I've been learning to embrace in this process has been to not get so caught up in the result of where I think it is that I need to be, but to recognize that the process of doing my dream is actually the reward. And it's super hard, but I'm beginning to embrace that lesson because the thing is, is like, um, and I, and I had this recognition, I think it was the other day, but it was just this recognition that there will be a point where you'll have faced a certain amount of stuff and you'll become someone who has done that, who is not phased by that anymore. Like for mm-hmm. example, like on pocket life, like I'll get haters all the, like every now and then I'll get like one on every session. Yeah. Someone will say some terrible shit you know, they're like, you're gay, you're this, you're that, whatever. Like, I'm like, like I care, but you know what I mean? But at first I remember the first time I was like, Oh, like someone's like attacking me. And I felt like, you know, whatever. Now when they say it, I just laugh. I'm just like, that's hilarious that you like that. That's what you do with your life. Like (laughs) you come on here and you like, but the thing is, is like, it's just by facing my fears, by putting myself out there, it doesn't matter to me anymore. And of course I'm still going to get haters. I mean, people are going to sign on to this thing and they're going to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but the thing is, is eventually what's going to happen is I'm going to have people who are fans, who are people who are supporters, who are friends, and they're going to stand up to them. They're going to do the fighting for me. It's and, and we'll build a team. And I realized as I go through this process is like, yeah, that's part of, chasing your dream. That's part of pursuing it. You confront the brunt of it 
at first alone, you know, and then what ends up happening is as you build value, as you go out there, you actually attract your people, you attract your crowd. And what I've been finding is that like when I went through this little last little period, I felt super alone, but, and I had this recognition is like, but I'm not alone. I feel alone in this moment, but I'm not alone. I, I, you know, I have great friends like you. I have tons of great people around me who are just looking to help me in every way they can. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think even if you are alone, that's part of what you need right now. And I think like patience is just trusting that whatever you're getting is exactly what you need because it's building that strength. And I like embrace the haters that come onto my pocket live feed because you're giving me strength. You're making me stronger because when I get bigger, like, and I have more people around me and more people know who I am, there's going to be worse slander than anything that someone coming on a pocket live feed right now can say. And I can deal with it because I'm learning to deal with that adversity. So patience, I think is also trusting that whatever you're getting back is, is a good thing. It, It doesn't have to be bad you know, your legs burning when you're hiking is a good thing. It means you're building muscle. It means you're building strength. It hurts right now, but it's good, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's kind of the thing that I've been like learning to like accept. And it's super hard. I mean, (laughs) to say like I'm an expert at it, but I'm noticing every day I'm getting better, Yeah, which is cool, you know? And that's the thing. Like you just gotta be patient because like every day I'm going to get better. Like I remember I told you and Kat, right? First pocket live feed I did someone came on right at the end and like said some snotty comment. Right. Yeah. And I was like having a great feed all the way through. And then, uh, you know, I'm alone, I'm doing it, you know? And then I was like, Oh, like, I was like, Ugh, that didn't feel great. And yeah. I was like, whatever, move on. And then that was like my first taste of adversity of like the hater, you know? And then it's like, Oh, you know, and then the next time it happened a little bit easier to deal with a little bit easier to deal with. But I think like, if you're ever going to put yourself out there I and mean, putting yourself out there live for people, anyone can tune in. Yeah. But it's like, of course, someone is, is like, they're not, someone's not going to like it. Someone's going to love it. Someone's going to think it's okay. Another person's going to just be on their own little train and they're going to be like, fuck you. I just want to tear you down. Yeah. But like whatever's going on for them doesn't have anything to do with me. The people who like it will continue to tune in and the people who don't won't. And the people who are haters that get something out of it, they'll do it. And that gives them kicks. Fine. <laughs> like, yeah. If that's what gets you kicks, like, you know, like, like it doesn't have to bother me, yeah. you know, but what happens when the laughing stops <laughs> to yes. all you haters yeah, what, out there? What happens, what happens when the laughing stops? That's mm-hmm. true. And I, you know, I, you know, I honestly, like one of my big lessons this year has been about, um, forgiveness and gratitude and, uh, forgiveness of anyone who I ever feel has ever slighted me and gratitude for them as well, because they built me. And so, you know, for the people who are the haters who want to come on and, and slam me, um, thank you, you know, thank you. Because the way I look at it is you're making me stronger. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that there's people out there like you that are giving me that adversity to build this strength, you know, because like the, the, um, when you, when you don't have to wear armor in the world, when you don't feel you need to protect yourself, you have ultimate strength mm-hmm. when you have nothing to hide, nothing to fear, whatever. 
Um, and I, and I, one thing I've learned, you know, I was in college for, um, in my first year, I remember I was hanging out with these girls and they were super judgmental and I joined in with them a little bit. And, um, uh, I realized that judgment and I've realized it a lot this year, but anything that I ever do with judgment is actually just a projection of myself. And it's a dagger that I throw outward that comes back to me 10 times to the one. Yeah. And so I just feel bad for someone who's a, who's like a troll or like a hater because it's like, that's their own projection coming back at them. And so it's like, you know, and, and I just have empathy. And you know what, if, even if someone like hated on me for like a whole year or something, they were just like saying the worst shit. And they were like, look, I apologize. I was an asshole. I'd be like, okay, no problem. I get it. You know, like, because the thing is, is like it, it's really about them. It's not about me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the beauty of kind of this progress process. Um, and you make progress. And I think that's, that's part of chasing your dream is as you, you realize that you, you need to like build fans. You need to build uh, a connection with other people, but what's going on for them and how they relate to you is about them. It's not about you, Yeah, you know? And so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a process, but until you face those fears, you might never know. So, Anyway, I went on a little rant there. No, no, that was good. Yeah. It was I a good one. Yeah. So your soapbox and it wasn't about um, the education system this time. My friend said something else to me today as well. He said, when you're feeling down or when things are upsetting you, it's because you're spending too much time focused on yourself and mm. not enough time focused outward. So if you're feeling down, just look, acknowledge and accept that you are, there's two things. They're super brilliant. One was you're, you're spending too much time focused on yourself. So turn your focus, yeah. turn your focus and do whatever you can to focus outward. That will help tremendously. And the other thing they pointed out was that if you're having like a dark thought, like yeah. vengeance, spite, some type of anger, you want to judge someone, you want to attack them, whatever it is. Um, don't, you don't necessarily have to act on it, but accept that it's okay that you have that desire mm-hmm. because the suppression of it, the making it wrong is part of what turns it back in on you too. So I don't necessarily think it's good to attack and, and, and try to hurt other people, but, um, the recognition that you have that impulse is important and be okay with that because it's okay because it's part of your evolution. If you just deny it, you never get to work on it. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that they pointed out for me was just simply like, um, if you're having a dark thought, if you're having a judgmental thought or a spiteful thought or something, just accept that that's how you're feeling and that that's okay. And that's part of your humanness. Yeah. And that, that is actually what helps, um, that darkness is actually what helps you shine so bright, Mm -hmm. you know, but the fact that you don't act on it is what makes you a bright light in this world. It's okay that it's there. Yeah. The thing is, is it's actually good that it's there. Cause if it's there and you don't act on it, that's character. But if you act on it, that's like weakness. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just kind of a throw back out to our haters. Like don't give in your weakness, give in your strength, withhold. But like, you know, it's okay that you're angry. It's okay. You're upset. But like at the same time, you know, build that internal strength and don't turn that back on yourself. You know, it's okay. You feel spite. It's okay. You feel anger but yeah, that's on. So I'm learning. I'm like, we're and like, we, like oh, we yeah. said, we're in process. Right? Yeah, yeah, completely. Completely. Yeah. So, um, anyway, well, it's been a good chat. Well, it has been a really great chat. Yeah. We've, uh, 
we've been timing it out pretty good here. Well, okay. What are your final notes? Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, this has kind of, you know, actually blown my mind a little bit in terms of, um, how, how much patience really does factor into everything that we do, mm. um, as artists and people in industry and in our own lives and anything that's worthwhile doing, yeah. you know, it's, you've got to be patient. And when you're, and usually if you're you're starting to like beat yourself up, like on, on your journey towards whatever it is, it's because you're being impatient, you know, like you've, totally. you've got yeah. some idea of how this was all supposed to go. And it's just like, you know, fun, you know, what's that thing in your life? Like for us, like we used hiking. Cause like this to me was just like a kind of a revelation for me, but it was like, you know, um, what's that thing in your life where you just love to do it? And yeah, you know what? Like sometimes it, it, it hurts a little bit. Sometimes it's a little bit painful, you know, or it has its, its own kind of, you know, bruises and scrapes that, you know, you can, you know, be incurred during it, but is a thing where it's like, you don't suffer through it, Mm. you know, and how can you relate that to the, the things that you want to really do, you know, like where, and yeah, I think also that choice that you don't have to suffer through these things, you know, and again, I think patience is a big part of that, you know, just be being patient with yourself takes the pressure off, you know, like stop setting, you know, I, I think it is, it's like these ideas of how things are supposed to go. We get these notions that it's supposed to go a certain way and it's supposed to be achieved within a certain amount of time and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you know, if anything goes wrong in that plan, if anything changes in that, in that plan, then you're complete, like you, you go into this complete, you know, mind fuck Hmm. with all of it, you know, where you're just like coming down on yourself or whatever. So just be patient, trust the process, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Sometimes it's going to like, you're going to be like just rocketing through it. And sometimes it's going to be slow Mm -hmm. and you might have to just slow down a little bit, you know, when it's getting hard, you know, when it's getting super hard and painful, doesn't mean that you necessarily go at it even harder. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Sometimes you just gotta like, just like, just, okay, accept where you're at. The yeah. tide has come in. The path is not even open right now. Yeah. Chill. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you've given up. No. Right. It's, and again, that's a great Dan Millman quote that seems to just, I, I like to throw it in on every other episode it seems. But, um, in his book, the laws of spirit says people rarely fail. They only stop trying. Mm you know? So it's like, it's not giving up slowing down or taking a breather is not giving up. And resting is not a, it's, it's nothing like it's good. It's healthy. Sometimes yeah. you got to rest. I or think sometimes like, there's a deviation and that takes you into a place that you would have never seen before. Had you not gone that way and maybe it wasn't part of the plan, but now it's brought a whole new dimension, richness, aliveness to, um, to your goal and to your journey and and what you're trying to do. So, yeah, that was great. Um, well, and I wanted to, uh, just add to kind of what you were going on about trust and patience seems so tied together to me and faith. Um, I think, I think faith is like, you know, I don't know if it'll work out. I don't have the data. I don't even, but I have this vision. I have this belief. And I think, faith comes in where you kind of like when you have this goal or this dream and you just 
you decide to trust in it and believe in it, regardless of if the data. And, and I think faith is really powerful um, sometimes just to get us to hang in that pocket when things get really hard. But I think like trusting that just putting one foot in front of the other and just continuing to move, even if it's slow, is going to get you somewhere. And eventually, if you keep moving, you will get there. At the same time, I think brief moments of rest are important too. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, when it just gets to the point of like, okay, I'm worn out, I'm burnt out, not because it's hard. Don't, don't rest because it's hard, but rest because you're literally worn out. You've been pushing hard for a long period of time. Maybe you take like a brief moment of rest, just relax, yeah. like take a moment. You were yeah. in pain. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and let yourself, and it's not that you stop. I think people sometimes think rest is stop, but we were talking about the subconscious. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that you're, you're, when you sleep, um, they actually, uh, I don't know, some type of study or whatever, but like your brain processes 20 times faster when you're sleeping than it does when you're awake. Like it's, it's processing. And that's why sleep is so important. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, rest is a period of process. It's It's a time of processing everything you've gone so you can make a better, more intelligent move moving forward. That's why you wake up and you'll have work things out in your mind. Mm. Um, so I, I would say that the, the, the trusting, like focus on process, but trust and trust is one step in front of the other. And there's patience. You know, if you, the more trust you have, the more patience you can have mm-hmm. because you'll slowly work at it. And I think, um, it's just really a matter of time. You know, it's, it's, uh, if you believe that time can, can never match your will, I think you'll always have ultimate patience. You'll know that if you just keep going, it's only a matter of time. Time always gives in to persistence. And if you're patient and you hang out, um, eventually, you know, there's, um, there's a saying in sales, you should ask someone seven times. Most people give up by one, two or three times, but they said you should ask someone seven times. And the reason why it's seven is because some people just want to hold out to the end. They want to know that you believe in it that much. Some people will give in just out of persistence. But if you know what you have is good, if you know that what you're bringing to the table is something of value, why would you ever stop asking? But they say, if you ask seven times, you'll get like basically a hundred percent or like 95% yes Mm -hmm. for whatever you want. But the problem is, is we are in a society where we don't have enough patience to continue asking. And so will most people only ask once and, and, and then the, the next greatest chunk, the 80%, 90% of people will ask two to three times, but it's that last like five to 10%, 3% of people that will ask up to five to seven times. They will have all the gold and all the glory in the world patience. Yeah. Patience, persistence, that willingness to trust and hang in there. That's, that's what I have to leave you guys all with. <laughs> all right. All right. All this right. This has been a good one. Yeah. Last of the year. Last of the year. 
That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.